Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gon' turn up, but the defense gon' win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Welcome into yet another edition. This is the Run It Back Unfinished Business edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Israel Troop. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot. Just, uh, you know, just enjoying the the back-to-school vibes that we have. We are, uh, Israel, we are still virtual up here in Nashville uh, at Hillwood High School, so uh, just still try to navigate the virtual learning world. I uh, got a whole new fresh set of classes, so uh, still getting uh, playing the get to know you games right now. Um, man, we we just started back um, Wednesday, um, but it, it's been it's been pretty good. Um, you know, we we had a big bout with COVID down here, um, but you know we were taking the precautions here, letting the kids get uh, some face to face learning. I want to know you guys can't wait to have because I know virtual learning is I can't do virtual learning. I get distracted myself as a teacher if I'm just looking at a computer. So, you know, hopefully y'all will get to get some face to face learning here real soon. Yeah, they're supposed to make uh, MLK weekend. I think they're supposed to make their first. That's our first benchmark. So if we can uh, if things get a little bit better by then, uh, they're going to start rolling us back into in-person learning, which I think. If they start then, I think by the time we get our full high school back, it'll be right after probably right around President's Day, I would guess. Face to face, don't understand. It's very important for for kids, especially lead and all that stuff. You know, the kids need that, that and do things. They need that face to face interaction and you know all that good stuff. So hopefully, I'll get to get back here real soon. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll. I think it'll happen sooner, soon enough. Um, if not, then we'll just have to survive, I guess. That, that's yeah. all we can do. But adapt uh, and survive, baby. Adapt and survive. Yep, adapt, survive, and advance. So, uh, lots of lots of news, lots of good news, uh, lots of uh, things happening on the uh, the Georgia athletics front. Uh, our guy Josh Brooks was promoted as full time athletics director. I know a lot of Georgia people wanted that to happen. Uh, Israel, what do you think he brings to the table? Do you think it's a good fit? Man, I'm so excited for Josh. Um, yeah, he was there when I was up there. Um, he was more of a football uh, director of operations type of guy. And, you know, just to see him get that opportunity, uh, I think Georgia's in very good hands. Um, I've been watching him tweet, you know, me and him tweet back and forth. And, you know, he's already asking uh, the students and the fans, you know, what they want, you know, at Georgia to make their experience um, better. You know, he's going to each individual sports team and seeing what he can do to make their 
experience better, you know, from a player and coach's standpoint. So, I mean, he's already doing the, the leg work, and um, he, he's going to do a phenomenal job at Georgia, and I can't wait to see, you know, what happens during his tenure at Georgia. And congratulations, Josh. And I always remember, I'm still one of your favorite players. Don't ever forget that either. Well, if Josh is one of your if if you're one of Josh's favorite players, uh, we should have him on. We should talk to him <laughs> about what what he plans to do. But um, yeah, I, I hope the uh, you know I hope the game day experience can uh, can continue to improve. I, I think they've made some good uh, adjustments and additions to the stadium. I, I just hope they can continue to improve that experience for the fans and for the recruits. I think that's an ever going project. I think year to year. So. Um, that's not something you know. I think everybody falls behind year to year on uh, on game day experience because there's always new methods and new things going on at other places. So I, I hope that we can continue to uh, to improve in that area. And uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to to all the the sports teams getting boosts and facilities getting boosts and and just the overall Georgia brand just becoming even even better. Which oh, yeah. you know, I didn't know if it was much possible to get. <laughs> A ton better uh, because I felt like we have uh, we've turned a corner uh, at some point where our, our brand just took off to a whole nother level and and facilities really started sprouting up around and upgrades and things like that. So it's good times uh, for Georgia athletics. I think there's uh, you know basketball's doing well even though they lost in overtime. Uh, they started off the conference slate zero and two, but they've dropped two tough games against Mississippi State and LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that some, but let's talk about you know. Let's do a postseason debrief, uh, football-wise. Uh, JT Daniels announced he's coming back. Jordan Davis announced he's coming back. I think the coaches were shocked to hear that James Cook decided to come back. Uh, Justin Schaefer's coming back for his uh, for another year. Um, Zeus is still making a decision. Um, and then some of the DBs uh, are leaving early, which I don't blame them. Like Tyson Campbell's leaving early. Mark Webb is leaving early. Um I think, did I, if I read it correctly, I think Malik Herring is coming back too, right? Uh, no, he actually de- uh, declared for the uh, draft, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Um, okay. I think he yeah, decided yeah. to go ahead and go, and, and like and like anything, you know, these guys are living out their dreams, so um, I guess they got the grade that they, they expected to get. Um, so now, now it's up to them, you know, have a good combine um, if they're invited and have a good pro day, and you never know what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish all these guys that have declared uh, well in the draft, I think they will do uh, pretty well. I think Ozilari really played himself into a great draft slot um, in the bowl game. I think his decision to to play in the bowl game, I think, will, will help him um, overall in his draft stock. Um, and I think some of the guys coming back, again, as I said at the start, They've, they've come back, they want to run it back, and they have some unfinished business uh, for, for 2021. So, you know, you, you got to think Georgia is an early contender uh, for the uh, for the national championship. Now, before we get into that, we're uh, we're brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Uh, the NFL playoffs start this weekend. Uh, we, the national championship is Monday. Um, there's a lot of great betting lines out there. Uh, are you gonna? Are you taking Alabama? Are you taking Ohio State? Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to wait and see. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I haven't heard any news about Justin Fields and um, his rib injuries, so um, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. Um, I'll, I'll probably make a decision probably Saturday or Sunday on who I'm going to take, but right now I have to go with Alabama you know, just because of the body of work. They do have the the uh, reigning Heisman Trophy 
winner on their team. So, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good ball game, especially how Ohio State showed up and showed out against Clemson. So, um, it's gonna be a classic Alabama Ohio State game, and you know, it's gonna be very fun to watch. Right. I, I'm uh yeah I'm, I'm back and forth. Uh, it's an eight point spread. I think I said on illegal motion that I'm taking Alabama, but I've been waffling back and forth. So uh, don't take that for gospel yet. I will let you know. Um, I might tweet it out what what I'm going to pick. But the NBA and college basketball season are back as well. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of bets to lock in on. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, go to Bet Online from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well that never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take full advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Looking at some of the lines, Israel, we talk about some of these guys returning. Uh, if you look at the money line, uh, JT Daniels is plus eight hundred, which I think I've learned that it means he's he has eight to one odds um, as an early Heisman favorite. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's got to be good, right? Yeah, that, that's really good. You know, I, I was I was excited to see that he he decided to come back, which I I didn't have any doubt that he would come back, considering he only played four games. Um, so um, just seeing him tweet that you know he was coming back and um, just the excitement that that Georgia has surrounding him. Um, especially with uh, Brock Vandergriff coming in. He can come in and get a year under his belt and, you know, see how to operate the offense. I think that's great. And I think that um, JT Daniels had a really good showing um, in those four games that he was in. And, um, I mean, he threw 14 touchdowns in four games. So, I mean, you know, that's that, that that's pretty good. You can only imagine if he played, you know, we had a regular season. He played 12, you know, 11, 12 games, you know, what what could have happened. So, hopefully, you know, this COVID thing gets worked down. We get to see see him ball out like like everybody thinks and knows that he can. Yeah, I think he can. I mean, I, I think he's getting more and more comfortable with the offense. I think physically he's going to get uh, healthier. Uh, you, you could see throughout the four games that he actually did play in that he was still having a little trouble driving off of that leg mm-hmm. or driving into that leg with, with some of his deeper throws. You, you could tell he was having to put a little bit more air under it. You could tell that something wasn't quite right. Um, but he'll have a full off season to get to get healthy, to get in the weight room with Coach Sinclair, strengthen that leg up, and I think you'll see a completely different quarterback. You'll see one that uh, mentally is more able to to handle the system, uh, better able to make checks at the line of scrimmage, uh, get you know take care of that twenty five percent that quarterbacks need to take care of uh, from from play calling situation because the expectation is that the OC is going to get you in a good play about 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. The quarterback needs to, at, at these levels, now in high school, it, it, it's it's got to be, you know, we got to be closer to 100%. But yeah, exactly. For, uh, for, for college, if, you have a, if you've recruited a great quarterback, you know, 75% is that number. They can You can expect them to get you – uh, get you the other 25%. Like if you call a bad play, they can check you out of it, things like that. So I think JT Daniels is going to be more comfortable with that. He's going to be more comfortable with his cast of receivers, uh, whoever those guys might be, whoever the the playmakers that are going to emerge. you got to think, obviously, uh, Kyrus and, and Pickens and, and uh, the, you know those two, and, and probably Arian Smith, probably Roseme, probably – Jermaine Burton, you know, any one of those trio of guys, I think, are going to have an electric season next year. So the sky's the limit for this offense is, is, is I guess, the main point. So excited that James Cook is coming back. Uh, Zeus will probably come back. 
um, I hope. But he might take advantage of uh, trying to see what his draft stock is like now, which I certainly wouldn't blame him given the injury situations that he's had. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't blame him at all. Um, you know, the shelf life for a running back is small. You know, it's, it's at most three years for most people, and sometimes it's shorter than that. Um, so, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with him, you know, sending, sending his papers, you know, in to see, see where he lands. And, you know, we would love to have him back. You know, he, he, he's, a, he's a great, great back. I mean, to, to do the things that he does and to run with such power and, and ferociousness that he does, you know, that, that's great to have it running back too. So, you know, wherever he decides, you know, we, I'm, I'm here for him. And, you know, any college football player can tell you their goal is to go to the NFL. So if any time a kid has that opportunity or that chance, you know, there's nothing wrong with him taking it. So uh, I hope he comes back. Um, I think uh, with him coming back and, you know, with Cook and Milton and those guys, you know, in the backfield, Dejon um, coming in and, and having a good freshman campaign, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be really, really good on offense. So um, we got some holes to fill up front, you know, which is always important. But I'm, I, I just know we got two, two big heavy bellies coming in. Um, with this class, so you know we'll we'll be fine up front offensively. It's going to be hopefully we get to the the Alabamas and the in the Sarkeesian type world with we got so so many weapons outside and we got running backs that can do them. We got a dominant offensive line. And for Muck and you know having J T. Daniels come back, you know that takes a little pressure off of you too because you have a, a competent quarterback. You have a guy that came that came up and and stepped in and you know. Did some really good things in four games, just four games. The things that he's he's been able to do. Now, like I said, now you take the OC. Now he's able to throw a little bit more at him. Um, so you know, sky's the limit for this Georgia offense, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am too. And and you know, I, I think that filling just a couple of holes, I think, is better than complete than doing a complete rebuild. I think it's you know best case scenario for uh, for JT to come back and and for Brock to learn. And I think. You know the the quarterback situation is going to be pretty solid for for the next few years. Uh, the receiving core is going to be great, and I, th- I think there's going to be more pieces added um, as we go and as these guys get older. Um, and there's just going to be some overall explosiveness. I mean, you're starting to see the philosophy shift from uh, you know from the Kentucky and, and Florida games to to what we had over the course of the, the four games with JT Daniels. I mean, we became more explosive. We were taking more chances, taking more deep shots. I think uh, there was a stat where in four games, JT Daniels had hit 15 plays of 30-plus yards, which is outstanding. Oh, yeah. And, and if you extrapolate that over probably – Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I think so too. And I think if you extrapolate that number – <laughs> definitely, definitely, and and the interception he got hit as he threw, so can't really hold that against him too much. But you know, I, I think if you take that fifteen and you extrapolate it over a full season, I think you've probably got, but uh, uh, you got four games, so you have to think twelve games. So multiply that by f- what three? Mm-hmm. So so you got about forty five explosive plays of thirty plus yards. That's pretty damn good. That's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty explosive. So if you look at that stat and, and and still think that Kirby is ultra ultra conservative, then I, I don't really know what to tell you to be honest with you. But um, I, I think Todd Monken has got full control of this offense. He's got guys that he's comfortable with now, and and I think uh, he can open some things up. No no offense to Stetson, uh, but J T Daniels is a completely different animal, and I'm excited to see kind of how it progresses over the next uh, over next season because. 
you add that element to an already strong run game, it's going to be scary, man. It's going to be real scary, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that we can get over the hump and and finally get over that Alabama hump, get into that playoff and 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 break through and and finally win one. Man, I'm telling you, it, it, it's great to see, and and you know. You, you look at the Alabamas of the world, and like I, I, I tell people all the time, Alabama doesn't doesn't rebuild; they they reload. And right now, we're reloading. You know, so um, it, it's great to see, and, and it's good to see that you know Kirby has confidence in, in his offensive staff, and you know he's letting Coach Muckin do what he do, do what he does. You know, and, and as a head coach who's who's primarily a defensive guy, you know that that takes a lot of a lot of weight off your shoulders as well. So um, just just watching the body of work that's going on at Georgia right now, and like you said, as soon as we get over that hump, I mean, it's it's going to be sky's the limit for us. So um, may, may, next year's maybe the year. You never know. But um, I, I'm just excited for you know everything to, to to finally get get back. You know, fans to be able to go to Sanford Stadium and watch the light show and watch us put up points and watch our defense dominate. So. Hopefully this COVID thing gets under control so we can we can go ahead and get everything back because I know the fans are ready for that as well. Yeah, and I think I think uh, our new AD is thinking about putting alcohol and uh, selling alcohol in the stadium too. So that'll be a that'll be a welcome addition for uh, for the fans. But you know, looking at the defense, uh, speaking of looking at the defense, you know, you you lose quite a bit on the back end, but you know, I, I think we I think we expected that with the way we recruited uh with with defensive backs and i think we we understood you know that that these guys were going to probably this is probably going to be a one-shot deal for us we're going to have to replace three maybe four four guys in the secondary um we're going to have to replace more than that with mark webb uh tyson campbell uh dj daniel richard lecount uh eric stokes obviously mm-hmm. uh, so you know, got quite a bit to 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 replace in the back end i think that's where we get hit the hardest but we we've recruited some talented guys and so i'm excited to see if these guys can come in and play at a high level and i think richard lecount getting hurt helped uh, uh helped us develop some depth with uh with the db so where do we stand with that position uh it, it's gonna be hit or miss you know db and especially in the and the southeastern conference is is is, is a position where you got to be tough. You got to be physical, and and I think we got some tough physical guys coming in. We got some long guys coming in, especially in uh, Nylon Green. Um, and by the way, Justin Schaefer just decided that he's coming back um, uh, to play O line for us. So that that's another big pickup offensively, but defensively, you know, these guys are going to have to come in. They're going to play. Um, like you said, uh, Richard getting hurt. Um, you know, really, it, it really helped us, you know, with Lewis Singh coming in and, you know, he, he's what you want at a strong safety position. You know, he's coming in, he's knocking people, you know. He, you wish he'd kind of take it easy a little bit and not get himself hurt every once in a while. But, you I mean, he's coming in reckless abandonment, you know, and it, and, that, and that's what you want to see at, at uh, that level, you know, at Georgia. And that's what we're used to seeing, that junkyard dog defense, you know. So, um, right now, you know, I, th- I think we're good up front. Um, I think uh, with N'Kobe Dean, I think he's going to be leading that linebacker group next year. Um, you know, I, I think with him coming back and a couple of guys to help him out, um, Anderson's coming back. So um, I think the front seven is going to be good. You know, you always it's always hit or miss on that back end, but when you got athletes coming in that have great ball skills like the guys that we have coming in, uh, I think I think we're going to be fine. You know, it's just the point of figuring out the best scheme that 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 best suits them. You know, we're a zone team when they. When all those guys um, 
get to moving, or, or are we a man team? Can we get pressure on them? So, you know, the defensive staff has their homework cut out for them, but, you know, you got one of the best as a head coach and one of the best as a defensive coordinator. So I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, I like the size of all these guys coming in. We, we signed six foot, six one, six two. Uh, we got Keely Ringo coming off surgery, uh, six two, two oh five. Got Jalen Kimber at cornerback, six foot. Uh, Amir Speed coming in at six foot three. He adds some presence out there um, in the in the secondary. Um, obviously, uh, Lewis Seen being the being the veteran guy uh, back there. Hopefully, he's learned some things. Major Burns is a guy that comes in at six two. Uh, playing that safety position, um, you know, we, we lose a lot with Mark Webb, but we got Darian Branch uh, at 6'2". We've got, uh, you know, Christopher Smith, who got some really great time, uh, number 29, that played safety behind uh, Richard LeCount. Played quite admirably um, after he kind of got his baptism by fire in the Florida game <laughs> uh, a little bit. But uh, he, he's he's gotten a lot better. Latavius Brini. Uh, got a lot better. He like played. So he had to kind of move around. I like that um, kid a lot. In, in I, like, I love that Brainy kid now. I, I like watching yeah. him in that bowl game. He was flying. I, I like. I like him a lot. He had to play a lot of different positions. He he was kind of moved. He was kind of that that Swiss Army knife that got moved around in practice because somebody would be down or we had some COVID uh, issues during practice, contact tracing things that that forced guys out of practice. So Brainy was like, all right. You gotta go play linebacker. Okay, now you gotta go play safety. Okay, jump out there and play some corner. Yeah, you know, just just do a little bit of everything. So he he kind of got. I mean, his head was spinning a little bit, and you could tell early on. But once he got settled in, that guy was he was he was on point. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love watching him and and seeing and man, Nakobe Dean and that and that bowl game. I mean, once they got settled in and kind of figured out everything, they could pretty much shut them down. So I mean, I I we're young on the defensive side and. On the back end, but I mean, those guys are smart and they're talented and too. And they're, they've got the a fire. little chip on their shoulder exactly. Too. And throwing them in the fire now, you know, and and letting them, you know, like you said, you know, get take take your lumps now, you know. So you know, the next year and the year after that, you know, you you kind of know what's going on and and just watching those guys. I mean, we're 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 going to be fine. We're we're going to be really good, and you know, especially with some firepower front coming back. Um, shoot, I, I I can't I can't wait to you know hope, hopefully we get to have a spring, you know we get some reports out, out of spring and you know they get to have their spring game, but I can't wait um, for that first game in September. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a heck of a game to start out with. Got Clemson uh, at a neutral site in Charlotte, so uh, going up against other uh, Heisman hopeful who is actually according to Bet Online the same odds eight to one. As JT Daniels and DJ Uingalele, I think I said that there right. There you go, Probably getting better and better every, every time. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have plenty of practice saying saying his name, um, and he might just be DJ Ukulele uh, before <laughs> too long. So, um, but yeah, we, we we're gonna have our work cut out defensively, but that's okay. We got some talented guys coming in. Um, you know, I think Nylon Green is gonna is gonna come in and make an immediate impact on. Uh, on the defense. And so I'm, I'm excited to see that. And, you know, I'm excited to see what these guys on the back end have. So lots of, lots of uh, things going on, bright future for the dogs looking, you know, obviously early contenders for the national championship. I'm going to look up their odds um, as far as uh, future props for, uh, you know, for uh, national champs next year. So, um, but yeah, just, you know, talk about, 
you know, just the team overall, what we got and things like that? Um, I mean, we it, it's it's amazing to see. You know, our, our coaches have done a, an amazing job, especially with COVID. You know, these coaches haven't been able to get out and and see the players and talk to them. You know, outside of just text messages and phone calls. Um, I'm sure they've been doing a couple of Zoom calls like me and you do for our, for our podcast. But you know, just seeing the body of work they've done and been able to keep guys who've been committed for a while and keep them interested and keep them engaged. You know, just just congratulations to our staff and congratulations on the bowl win. And um, like you said, with, with a new AD coming in, there's a lot of excitement around Georgia right now. Not just football, just just all sports in general. I know the baseball and softball teams getting ready to start their season. Um, so. It is. It is a great time to be a dog right now. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of uh, speaking of the other sports, uh, you mentioned baseball. Uh, they have uh, the SEC coaches have voted uh, for the full slate. Now I think it's coming down to the to the ads, uh, ACC. Let's see, uh, league coaches that they that they would attempt to play a full fourteen week schedule, including mm-hmm. a normal slate of ten SEC weekend series. So I, I think the coaches are, are are down for that. Now the ADs have to agree. So COVID is going to – I don't know why COVID is playing such – wreaking such havoc on, on baseball because baseball as a sport is just a very uh, socially distance-friendly sport because yeah, you're you not know, really you, like crammed together. Yeah, you got nine people on the field and they're all spread out. You know, nobody's really touching each other. You know, the only people that really touch the ball, you know, the pitcher and the catcher obviously – I'm an umpire, but, you know, yeah, unless they hit the ball, no, nobody else touched the ball. So, you know, you kind of got to take that into consideration. But, you know, with baseball, you can spread them out amongst the stadium. You know, most, most SEC stadiums are huge. You know, they're they're huge venues. You know, you can spread everybody out and, and all that good stuff. So I, I don't see a problem with being able to play, you know, a full slate of SEC games. And, you know, even when they go to Omaha, you know, um, you know, it's it, it's a really huge stadium. So. Um, I, I don't see I don't see what the big deal is with with anything that's played outside, you know, where people aren't in close confines. You know, football is different because you know when you go to football games, everybody's really close to each other, packed in the stadium. You know, but with baseball, you know, you can spread out. You know, players aren't really touching each other and everything like that. So, you know, I'm looking forward to to baseball season this year. Yeah, I mean they're still working out a lot of the scheduling issues, but uh, they're opening the season with three four-game weekend series against Evansville on February nineteenth, starting that day, Gardner Webb on the February twenty-sixth, and North Florida on March fifth, with a single game on Friday, doubleheader on Saturday, and a single game Sunday. So they're four-game, four-game weekend series um, that are that are going to allow guys to get in and play. They're still working on a couple of midweek like two-game sets with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're working on one with Georgia Tech. Uh, that they're going to have to reschedule, uh, thanks to the 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 adjustments to the schedule. Um, so they're going to try to get a midweek uh, two game set with Georgia Tech um, in in the works for that. So baseball's looking. Uh, we'll do we'll do as, as we get closer to the start of the season. We'll kind of really do a deeper dive into the baseball team and uh, what they got. But let's let's switch over to basketball. Israel, let's let's uh, we started the uh, conference slate uh, two games in. Um, unfortunately, zero and two in the season. Uh, the first game got off to a really sluggish start. The energy just really wasn't there against Mississippi State. Uh, a little bit better effort, actually led by ten points at one point in the second half. But LSU LSU came back and and was overwhelming, um, and and they won ninety four ninety two in overtime. Um, you know, if you're if you're thinking of the word moral victory, Tom Crean said, "No, moral victory is not a word. It's not a phrase. 
Uh, we've we've learned that we can come out here and compete in our first road game. We can compete. We can get our speed going, but we can also make mistakes, and that's what we have to overcome. So uh, we're, we're sitting at seven and two overall um, in basketball. Uh, some exciting things happening. Uh, grad transfer from George Mason uh, is uh, is playing pretty well, and uh, you know I think that we we've got some things going on in in, in the basketball world. So. Um, what what do you think about basketball? T- uh, Tamani uh, Kamara, PJ Wheeler, uh, PJ Horn, um, all those guys. Yeah, uh, you know PJ Horn is is a Tifton product. Um, you know he he's from my hometown, Tiff County, and and I watched them um, win a state championship at Tiff County, so I already knew what kind of player he was, and I was very excited to see. You know when he decided to, um, I think I want to say he's a grad transfer, a grad transfer over to over to Georgia. You know I was really excited. You know the hometown. Um, fans and, and people get to go and see him play. So, you know, basketball is basketball. You know, you can win on any given day. You can lose on any given day, just like it is with football. So, um, I think I think that now that they're starting to play, you know, an SEC schedule, you know, I think they're going to see where they stand. And right now, you know, with basketball, you got to start fast. You know, basketball is a game you got to start fast because you can get behind the eight ball real quick. You know, um, you can be down 10, you know, they hit three threes and they're back in there within one, you know. I like football, so um, I, I think they'll be fine. You know, they got they got some firepower over there. Um, you know, we we from what I've seen so far, we look a little bit smaller than everybody else. So we got to use our speed um, and and techniques and and different things that you know that are going to try to give us an advantage um, against some of these bigger SEC um, teams that we're going to face down the stretch. So um, I think Coach Crean's doing a great job, like we've said before. Um, he's getting guys in. He's getting guys committed. Um, so, you know, you know ba- basketball is on the rise. And um, I think I think Green's a guy kind of got to get us going. Like he said, you know, more victories. As a coach, in your mind, you're, you're like more victories are good. But, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, it's you, you want to win. You want to win basketball games. And if you're going to go to OT with, with a very good LSU team and, you know, get that close, you know, you want to win that basketball game. So I look forward to seeing the, the second matchup, you know, if they do have have one against those guys. So, um, that, that, I mean, basketball hadn't, hadn't really been the forefront of Georgia sports in a while, and it's glad to see that we're getting recognition right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully that um, we can get a little bit uh, faster starting in these games, and, and hopefully we can hold up down the stretch. Uh, the grad transfer from George Mason, whose name was escaping me earlier, um, Justin Keir, he's hit three 12-pointers. Uh, it's tied for the most by any – uh, dogs under Cream. Uh, he had 25 points, which is the season high with with Georgia in his 10th 20 point game of his career. Uh, you had you have uh, Camara posted his fourth double double against LSU, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, this was uh, Georgia's fifth game of the season with 10 plus steals. Um, they had only four games combined in the first two seasons under Tom Cream with 10 or more. So this is their fifth game this season. Um, Fast break points, twenty-eight to three advantage in fast break points um, against LSU and Wheeler's point twenty-one points were a season high for him as well. So, uh, some positive things to take out of this game. Uh, it seems like we're going to be a running team, uh, yeah. which is which is good. We we've got to get points in transition. We've got to get the ball uh, swinging around the perimeter and, and really just kind of play fast and, and play to play at a breakneck pace. I, I think if we try to slow down and play another team's game, then 
that's kind of where we get in trouble because we can't really play a half court offense. I don't think we're not we're not big enough uh, overall to play a half court offense. I think we're a transition, move the ball, uh, run the court type team. We'll see what we got uh, as we travel to Fayetteville on Saturday. That's our next game. Uh, so what are we looking forward to there? Uh, just like you said, just starting fast. You know, starting fast and keep 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 the pressure on teams. You know, uh, with us being a little bit smarter than everybody else. Um, you know. Uh, a good, good run and gun team in basketball right now is not bad, you know. So, um, and I'm sure Co- Coach Green's preaching finish, 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 you know. So, I mean, we're we're right there. I think he's doing a great job. I think I think uh, basketball team's moving in the right direction. Um, you know, the the excitement around basketball, men's basketball, um, is 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 great to see because it hadn't been there for a while. Um, so, right. you know, with, with coach Crean and those guys, you know, he's still trying to get his footing and, you know, he's putting people in the, in the right, in the right spots, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, those kids got to go out there and perform and play. So, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see if they learn their lesson, um, this weekend in Sartsville. So, um, a good Mississippi state, uh, basketball team. So, um, it's going to be, I, I'm, I don't normally watch basketball, but I'm going to watch this one. Georgia's got. Got got me uh got me watching that. Then you know it, it helps that my man PJ is playing for him too. You know my hometown yeah, guy. So that, that helps. Um, but you know with us talking about it and you know we just had a first round pick, um, and then and this year's NBA draft too. You know kind of brings that excitement back, um, to Georgia basketball that that's always been there with the girls. But it's good to see that the boys are are finally getting that recognition that they deserve as well. Well, Arkansas is going to be a, a, a hell of an opponent. Uh, they are one and two in conference so far, uh, but this is going to be a guard guard friendly game. Uh, Severe Wheeler for Georgia, Moses Moody for Arkansas. It's going to be a matchup that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Wheeler is averaging 12.8 and 6.4 assists over the last five games. Moody is a, is at what Dickie V would call a diaper dandy. He's averaging <laughs> 15.8. Um, over uh, the the last five games, Arkansas has a, a pair of great or actually a trio not a pair of of, of great freshmen with moody uh jd note and, and desi desi sills uh they've accounted for 50 percent of the team's scoring arkansas is actually first amongst sec teams with an average of 87.2 points per game so this is going to be a game where georgia is going to have to um they're going to have to have some disruption defensively. They're going to have to dictate the tempo. I think if they can, again, if they can run, they'll be fine. But Georgia's six and zero when it holds opponents to forty two point four percent or worse from the field. One and two whenever opponents shoot better than that. So um, they uh, Arkansas seven and zero when it allows forty two point percent, forty two point four percent or less from the field, um, and then obviously only two and two when they exceed that mark. So both teams are going to have to kind of rely on, on uh, ball disruption, uh, shot disruption, things like that, force Georgia into shots that they're uncomfortable taking. Um, and, and really for Georgia is just get these freshmen to make freshman mistakes um, and, and, and just kind of, and just kind of run the floor, uh, hit yeah. a few threes, get some momentum. Severe wheelers connected on 22.9% um, of of uh, three-pointers. He's attempted 35 of them. Um, he's made six of 20 over the last five games. He's made 75% of his foul shots, so he's got to improve in that too. So I, I think with, uh, with with the, with the play, just both these teams are looking for uh, for more consistency 
um, at, as they go. You know, with Arkansas, they're going to make freshman mistakes. Georgia, they just got to capitalize on it and, again, hit those transition buckets, and I think they'll be fine. That's it. One thing about basketball is forcing people to do what you want them to do. You know, in football, it's a little bit different because you have so many moving pieces. But in basketball, if you can force a team to do exactly what you want them to do, you know, apply that pressure and make them, like you said, take shots that they are accustomed to taking. I mean, that, that that's the that's the recipe for, for victory. So um, it's going it's to be a good game this weekend. I look forward to watching it. Yeah, I do, I do too. It'll be my first basketball game of the season. I tried to watch just a random game the other night, and it's just hard to do. <laughs> Basketball's just not my sport, yeah. um, unfortunately. But um, I, I think – I think it doesn't help that I'm a fan of the Hawks, who aren't very good most of the time. Hey, they've been they've been doing of, all right lately, though. They they they've been showing a little, little spark here and there this year. Yeah, they're getting there, which I think is the reason why I'm starting to become a little bit more interested in basketball. And I think Georgia being terrible at basketball for most of my time, actually all of my time in school, uh, I think they had that one good year uh, in in my freshman year. And they had to pull the plug because Jim Herrick, that whole situation. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that one, but that was, uh, that <laughs> I was, I actually got on the news on that one. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was down there, you know, the bus stop, uh, down by the practice field in between the steg and the practice field uh-huh. in that corner by the academic building. Mm-hmm. So I was catching the bus there to get back to my car, which I think I, I can't remember where I was parking at that, at that time, but, um, I had a, parking pass for one of those garages uh and i had to take a bus to it uh but uh so i was standing there and the news crew comes walking up said hey can we interview you and i was like sure mm-hmm. you know and they asked me a question so i got on the news and uh, i would love to find that clip uh, if i could <laughs> i'm sure you could uh, youtube awesome it. youtube has sure everything probably could. <laughs> um, yeah they do it's amazing what youtube has to offer so um but yeah I'm I'm excited about Georgia basketball. It's the first time I've been excited about Georgia basketball since they uh made that run uh in the SEC tournament when the tornado hit in 08. Um and then randomly I think in 2012 where where they got in um to the NCAA tournament and got their uh, tails handed to them by Washington. I think that was Isaiah Thomas and Washington team that just destroyed us but um i, I think we finally got a, a, a team and a, we're starting to build a program mm-hmm. i think we've had some good teams along the years uh but we re- we really haven't been able to develop a program because our only tradition is dominique wilkins yeah and yeah. so i think being able to build a solid program with a foundation i think it's going to be i think it's gonna be great and tom crean is starting to do a good job of that Oh, yeah. You know, you got to, like you said, it's about building the program, you know, building the brand of, of Georgia basketball, Georgia men's basketball. Um, so, um, you know, the, the, the women's side has always had that brand. You know, they, they've always been really good. And, you know, it's time for the boys to, to saddle up and, and bring their worth as well. You know, and I think Coach Cream is taking it from the bottom and he, he's trying to get it back. Um, well, not get it back, but more so get it started. And I think he, we're moving in the right direction with him and, and that program, and like I said, there's a lot of excitement around Georgia sports right now, and especially when a, a team who hasn't traditionally done well starts, starts, you know, hitting their stride and starts doing well, you know, that, that just shows you just how well, you know, recruiting's going and the facilities and all that good stuff and fan support and, you know, that all that goes into, you know, building a brand and, and building the foundation of what you want it to look like, and I think Coach Crean is, is finally starting to figure it out, and, and um, you know, it, it's great to watch. You know, when when 
you have a school and all your sports are doing well and they're competing for championships, you know, that's always good. So, you know, Georgia's, Georgia's heading in the right direction. And, you know, both of us being alum, um, it, it's always good to see. And it always makes it, it good to, you know, go back and watch and watch on TV and tell all your buddies, hey, watch, watch my boys. You know, watch, watch them on TV. They're, they're going to be pretty good, you know. So, um, you know, with, with basketball finally making that stride, um, it, we're, we're finally hitting that, that, that peak at Georgia where, you know, all the, all the sports are doing well. So it's exciting to see. And we just got a phenomenal athletic director too. So that's always awesome. Things are looking up, man. What, one, of, one of the greatest things I like to hear is, hey, Georgia's pretty good at baseball. Or, hey, Georgia's making some moves in basketball. And, you know, I'm not used to hearing that. I'm used to turning on the TV in January going, oh, we're down by 20. Okay. Oh, it's right. basketball this season. Over. Oh, when basketball playing. season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to scoreboard watch the girls. Uh, I'm just going to, like, barely even scoreboard watch the, the men. It's just basically uh, from the bowl game, it's, okay, we have this many days till G-Day, uh, so I can watch that. Um, you know, the Braves playing uh and then you know watch georgia baseball which we were cellar dwellers from like oh nine till i think we finally made it back to the tournament in like 14 i think mm-hmm. something like that or you know and, and georgia baseball is experiencing a, a renaissance again they're 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 trending in the right direction it took it took coach strickland a lot of time it took him i think three four seasons to to get out of the cellar uh, but i think he finally found the right mix of of players, uh, baseball is tricky because you can enter the draft out of high school. So any player worth their weight in salt, more than likely, is going to go to the major leagues. But uh, so so that's a tough sport to to recruit to. And so you don't know, like you might sign two or three great players, like you might sign a you know immediately fr- immediate freshman uh, Sunday pitcher, Sunday starting pitcher, but then he gets drafted in the second round by the by the twins and he's going to go to the major leagues and and in three years he's going to be he's going to be uh, the third starter for the twins so you know it's uh it, it's it's a tough tough sport to, to manage consistently but i do love the rule uh for them of if you if you go to school mm-hmm. if you enroll you got to stay uh three years um or you can go right out of high school which i think basketball if they if basketball ever adopted that rule I think college basketball overall as a sport would drastically improve. Man, it's a high school play baseball as well. So, so, you know, it's hard to turn down that money. You know, baseball is the only sport that has guaranteed money. Like, you're it, going it to is. get that no matter what. You know, and it's hard to tell a, an 18, 17, 18-year-old mm-hmm. kid, hey, we're going to give you $2 million for high school. <laughs> it's hard for him to turn that down, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't blame any kid that goes to – goes. Uh, to professional baseball right out of high school, I don't blame them one bit. Now, I, I think the money as you get, you know, the, the money dwindles as you as you go down in the draft, but um, and the journey gets a lot more difficult as you go. But mm-hmm. uh, there was a guy, Jeff Francoeur, who uh, graduated the same year I did, uh, so I kind of followed, and my cousins went to Parkview, so I kind of followed, not like closely, but, you know, I, 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 I like, he was, he mm-hmm. was set to go play football and baseball at Clemson. And uh, he got drafted in the first round by the Atlanta Braves. And then, so, you know, that story, he ends up in the major leagues, like I think four seasons later, he ends up in the major leagues and has a pretty nice major league career. And 
you know, he got a lot of money coming out of high school in the draft. So I don't blame him one bit for taking that. You know, I think there's some people that would have selfishly liked to see him play football and see what he could do in football. But then again, you know, you got $2 million waving in front of you. That's really difficult to turn down no matter what. Exactly. I mean, they, they write that check off the rip. I mean, that is $2 million in your pocket. That is, here you go. Here's $2 million. You know, an 18-year-old kid, and all, all I have to do is go play baseball? Shoot. You, 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 you can go and sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to, the, the hardest thing I'll do is ride a bus That's between it. games? That's it? Oh, okay. Where, okay, where do I sign? Where's the papers? That, that's it. I mean, that's, that's that's really hard to turn down. And and then it, with with the way that, you know, travel ball and all that stuff, AAU ball and all that stuff's going on, these kids are getting a lot more exposure. So you kind of run into that a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you know, you got kids who, you know, want, want to raise their draft stock. So, you know, they go to school and that's when you get those diamonds in the rough that, okay, this kid got drafted, you know, yeah. but he decided to go to school. And now you look and he's a first, second round pick. You know, yep. he's he's a he's a junior, a sophomore, junior. So you know that that it's it's either or. You know, sometimes they'll go and sometimes they're bust, or sometimes they'll wait and then they they go up and you know raise their stock and you know they get that big payday. So yeah, um, you know. So but it's it's always good to see kids out and doing things and you know uh, u- using their talents to you know better themselves, better their families and stuff like that. So that's why I never get mad at kids who decides he wants to go to the NFL draft. You know, if he decides he wants to go and he got the grade to do it, um, he has a good combine show and he goes, you know, you never know. Sky's the limit for that kid, yeah. you know, and that, that's always the goal. You know, yeah. kids, if, you, if, you're, if you're playing a sport, if you're playing a college sport and you want to go to school and do all that stuff, your goal is to be a professional at whatever you do, you know. So that's just like going to school. If you want to be a chemist or you want to be an engineer, you're going to school to better yourself. So. You know, I'm never mad at a kid for, you know, trying to make, you know, a better way for themselves. So, you know, all the selfish people can, you know, go sit in the back of the bus and watch. Yeah, exactly. I, You know, it, it's selfish as fans to, 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 to blame a kid for, for trying to take an opportunity. And, and now, like, you're seeing a lot of people graduate in three years anyway. So, like, they get their degree and they leave early for the pros it's the best of both worlds. So I, I don't blame them one bit. I, I actually, you know, applaud that they made it like, and the ones that do it decisively, I actually applaud that even more because they're decisive. They, they know mm-hmm. what they want. They know what their goals are and they're going to, they know the risk involved because there is a risk. You're not guaranteed just because your draft draft grade says you're a third rounder. doesn't mean you're going to get drafted in the third round. Exactly. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that dictate where you get drafted, but as we all know in the NFL, it's not where you get drafted. If you look at Tay Crowder, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He made all pro mm-hmm. as a rookie. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't matter where you get drafted. It matters everything, what you do when you get there. Like for Tristan Thompson, you know, he took a risk. It didn't work out for him. Um, but then again, he got into an NFL camp and didn't do what he was supposed to do or didn't, you know, didn't quite work out for him and, and he didn't end up making a team. But there's there's also a ton of guys that, you know, they they take a chance and they get drafted higher than you know, like Miko Hardman. I I thought got drafted higher than he was expected to, and and he's doing pretty well with the Chiefs. Uh, he got into a great situation. You know, there's guys right. that are get drafted lower that that are exceeding expectations, like Tay Crowder, who I just mentioned, and then there's some guys that are that are right on point. 
You know, there's some guys that that leave early and they they're expected to go in the second round. They go in the fifth round. Like if you're looking at Jake Fromm, which things haven't worked out as well as he wanted them to, but and again, he's on an NFL roster, so he, he he'll, he'll get his chance at some point. Maybe I don't know, but uh, so I, I don't I don't blame them as long as they know what the risks are and they understand what you know what could happen. I don't understand. I I don't blame them one bit for trying. No, I mean it. it like I said, the goal is anytime you play a sport, the goal is to go and play professionally. That's that's what your goal is. So, man, I, I never I never blame a kid. You know, you hate to hit them with the "I told you so" though. You know, there's always that ask, I told you, you should have stayed another year. But, you know, if you want to go live your dream and you want to do that and this, that, and, you know, it's on you. Once you make that decision, it's on you now. And a lot of these kids, um, and you see them now, um, they, they, they do what they're supposed to do. You know, sometimes they get the big head a little bit and then they kind of get grounded too. But um, for the most part, a lot of these kids who go early, you know, they, 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 keep, they keep doing what they're supposed to do. And you get to see them, get to see them grow up, you know, before your eyes and, you know, and, and like I said, a lot of them come back and they get their degree. You know, they, they're in their off season. They'll come back. Uh, I've seen it plenty. You know, Thomas Davis, as old as he was, came back and got his. Me and him graduated together in 2011. So, you know, um, you know, you can always come back and get your degree if you decide to leave early and you hadn't got it yet. But like you said, a lot of guys are graduating in three years. In three years, you want me to take this, this BS class just to play football when I can go and be in the NFL making money? Nah, I'm, I'm gonna go make money. I already got my degree too, just in case that doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly. So, um, lots of things going on. Uh, but lots of good, lots of great stuff happening at, at Georgia. Uh, so, so stay tuned to that. Basketball season's getting in full swing. So I'm ex- I'm ex- I'm actually excited about Georgia basketball, which is I haven't said that in quite some time. So, um, some other news uh, on some other fronts. Uh, Mike Bobo, Coach Bobo is Auburn's new offensive coordinator. After he was retained and signed a new contract with Shane Beamer, decides to up and leave uh, to go to Auburn. They they hire also Derek Mason as their defensive coordinator. I think two great hires. Uh, I've heard uh, I've heard bits and pieces of why they're not good hires, why they are great hires, and everything in between. So what do you think of what Auburn's doing? I, you, uh, you saw my tweet yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, Auburn is, is not doing Auburn things right now. They're getting very competent coaches. He, uh, co- The new coach, Coach Brian, how do you say his last name again? I forget his last name. Harson. Um, Harson? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, Harson. Coach Harson is, is, is making making moves, man. I mean, you just hired away one of the one of the top OCs in the SEC away from a school that, you know, he was at, and, you know, Shane Beamer decided to keep him, and, you know, and you have not only that, but you take the old line coach away too, and he's already made a splash and gotten a, gotten a kid to commit and gotten a couple of kids to stay. So I mean, Coach Coach Harson's doing doing it up, and I, and I like the fact that Auburn's giving him that chance to do what he wants with his staff. You know, we said it all along that you know uh, Coach Mason wasn't going to be unemployed for long, and what, what's it been a, a month? Not even that. Yeah, and he had his. Cho- I think he had his choice at jobs. I think he was weighing some options. So, yeah, so I think I mean, he had opportunities quickly. He gets to stay in the SEC and those relationships that he's built. You know, when he was at Vanderbilt with a couple of kids. You know, now now he's at Auburn. You know, now now he 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 just worries about defense now. You know, like we said all along, some guys are just good coordinators, and maybe he's a good coordinator, and obviously he is because I mean, he won't unemployed very long. So no, he's, um, he's highly that that Auburn defense and you know as uh, McLean, who's I coached him down here at Valdosta, you know he decided to stay too. So they're getting some guys to stay. 
um, and play one more year. And like, like, like we're doing at Georgia, they're running it back one more time. So um, the SEC is, is looking really, really good um, on, on both sides, the East and the West. So, um, you know, just congratulations, Coach Bubba and Coach Friend, who both I knew were at Georgia. And, and I always had a lot of respect for Coach Mason. So um, I think Auburn's, Auburn's trending in the right direction, which is scary now. With with the um, with the the great coaches they have now, and um, I think those coaches are going to be able to come in and you know bring some more excitement to to Auburn football. So um, the SC, the SEC is, is on up and up, and, it, and it's good to see. Yeah, no doubt. I think they hit. I think they hit two home runs here uh, with these hires. I think Coach Bobo is going to be great uh, for Tank Bigsby and Bo Nix at developing a system there. So I'm, I'm I'm excited about that. So before I let you go, Israel. Um, before we wrap this thing, national championship game as we record on a Friday is this Monday. Who uh, who you got, man? Ooh, I think I'm, I think I have to go with with Alabama on this one. I think they're going to send uh, Coach Sarkeesian out, you know, with a bang. Um, and it's it's so hard to go against that offense. I mean, good lord. I mean, it, it's it's just really hard because you know they're going to put up points. Um, you know, and after watching Ohio State's uh, corners. Um, you know, kind of fall and look very unathletic against Clemson on a couple of plays. I think, you know, you got Devontae Smith and Mechie and, and Forrestall and all and those possibly, guys. Possibly, possibly. Oh, and Waddle coming back, maybe. Waddle coming back, maybe. He's a so, time decision. I, I think they just have a few a, a few more weapons than they, than they own offense and Ohio State has on defense. But, you know, that game is really going to be one in the trenches because Ohio State's front seven is really, really good. So, um, as far as stopping the run, um, the pass, not so much. I, I don't know if they – I don't. they just kind of blind drop. And, you know, Alabama, you get those guys the balls in space, and then it's going to be a touchdown no matter what. So, um, if they can control the run and, and maybe control, control the pass a little bit, I think Ohio State stands a chance. But I think um, Alabama has just a little bit too much firepower um, offensively, um, and they'll end up overwhelming. Um, Ohio State's defense. So I'm I'm taking I'm gonna see what the spread is. I don't know I don't know it's what eight the and a half. or the eight and a half. Eight and a half. So that's, basically I think, a I think that's about right. I think about about a touchdown or two. Um yeah. but I think Alabama's just I think Alabama's just too good right now and they're clicking too well right now to lose this lose this football game. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's gonna be a track meet. I think it's gonna be a high scoring track meet. I think it's gonna be tight for most of the way. Alabama might get a few stops late that that allows them to pull ahead like by 10 points or so. I don't think they're going to blow them out by any stretch. I think Ohio State is better than that. They displayed that. I've never seen a team get so badly outcoached uh, that I did Clemson. It, it felt like Clemson didn't even prepare for the, for that game. So I felt I felt like they thought they could just waltz out there and and just uh, lay their jerseys on the ground and and beat Ohio State, but um neither here nor there. I I think that you know, with with uh, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, uh, John Mechie, Forstall, uh, you know, even uh, you know, you, you got some even some of these other down the line receivers that that can also uh, hurt you as well. They got a ton of weapons, and and they know how to use them. I think Sark is gonna. This is Sark's like last. Hey, I'm the. This is his. I'm the head coach of Texas showcase, and uh, come be a Longhorn, and you can play for me type showcase and you can have a career just like Devonte Smith who if you look at his uh God, if you look at his attributes man national title game winning catch uh, as a freshman Heisman check Bolitnikoff check Walter Camp check uh 
Paul Horning Award, check. Maxwell Award, check. AP Player of the Year, check. SEC Player of the Year, check. Two-time First Team All-Conference, check. Unanimous uh, All-American, check. Um, and then just about every uh, Alabama and SEC record, uh, check. So you have that to contend with, right? Um, that's, that's hard to turn down right there now. <laughs> yeah, so. That's hard to turn down. Okay, so we're going to double them, right? Oh, wait, no, we can't because Najee Harris will go off. Well, we can't load up to stop the run because if we load up, stop the run, double Devontae. Okay, that's a great plan. Okay, no, nope, John met you. Okay, uh, Jalen Waddle might play. Oh, God, what do we do now? I mean, you see where I'm going here. Uh, Ohio State's pass defense is terrible. Alabama's pass defense is terrible. So this is going to be a track meet, I think. Um, and I think it's going to lend, lend itself to a, a great chance at a cover from Ohio State, and on illegal motion, I picked Ohio State to cover Alabama to win. Um, as of right now, I'm going to stick with that because I think it's going to be a touchdown game. I think Ohio State uh, is going to cover the eight and a half because I, I think is this game is going to re- this game is going to play out a lot like the Ole Miss game did for Alabama, where they scored a million and a half points, and but so did Ole Miss, and it was a tight game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be a backdoor cover by Alabama. Um, or Ohio State might have a backdoor cover. I, I think it, that's probably the best chance is, is a backdoor cover for Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State's going to win this game. I think Alabama's going to just keep nudging that 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 uh, that goal um, out further. So, uh, so I'm taking the tide. So, but uh, Israel, another great episode, man. A lot of good things happening in Georgia athletics. Any final words before we no, go? No, everybody just be safe with uh with this COVID deal and um. You know, can't can't wait to see. I I just wish the national championship game was like on a Saturday or something. But you know, I know everybody's going to be tuned in Monday Monday night for the game. So um, everybody just be safe uh, moving forward, and uh, we'll talk to you guys real real soon. Absolutely, we got NFL playoffs this weekend, a national championship game on Monday, uh, lots of exciting things. Georgia tips off against Arkansas at two thirty Central Time, three thirty uh, Eastern um, in Fayetteville. Arkansas. So look for the Georgia Georgia basketball hoop dogs to uh, to get back on track. So for Israel, I'm Corey. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the national title game and we'll see you back here next week. Go dogs. Go dogs. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.